Welcome back to another episode of PPK. Boys are back at it again for another installment of the Modern Saint series. If you can't tell, well, I guess they were. <laughs> if you can't tell, that's, that's a problem for sure. Yeah, you can't read, but the, you can click somehow. Because the YouTube thumbnail, the description, and if that still didn't help you, the Padre Pio shirt, I'm rocking the new PPK Padre Pio shirt, is on display. Uh, so if you haven't copped yours yet, you better get one because they're going to go out fast. So I'm going to kick it over to Miko for Saint of the Week. Yeah. So once again, if you don't know, it's concerning. It's Padre Pio. Um, his feast day was when you guys were watching this a couple days ago on the 23rd. Um, and we wanted to use his time. Obviously, uh, he's been kind of riding a, a little wave here with, with Shia and the movie that we won't be commenting on. We haven't seen. We'll just leave that up to you guys. Um, but... He's a massive figure. We're going to get into his story. Obviously, things like the Sigmata and all that. And, you know, we might do a little touch of Shia's conversion on there. But anyways, we'll get into the bio like we always do. He was born um, May 25th, 1887. Ordained a priest in 1910. Um, it wasn't until 1918 that he actually started to have the the five wounds of, of Christ sort of appear on his body physically. Um, and that actually made him the first stigmatized priest in the history of the Catholic Church. So I think that was at the age of about 29, about there, something like that, that he, he started to receive the wounds. Um, he was someone that was quite embarrassed of it. Obviously, a lot of pictures of him have the gloves on. Uh, he didn't want, want to be sort of like suffering publicly. He, you know, was sort of quoted on not wanting to relieve himself of the pain necessarily, but just sort of didn't want to draw the attention to himself. But, um, by I guess by 1919, so the next year, everybody was already making a big deal of it. Um, you know, got a hold of the Vatican and stuff like that that we'll talk about later. Um, but they were examined by physicians who couldn't really figure out where it came from. And then those close to him began to uh, say that he had a ton of spiritual gifts, including healing, biolocation, levitation, prophecy, miracles, extraordinary ab- abstinence from sleep and nourishment. Uh, one dude said that for just 20 days, he only had the Eucharist. That was it. Wow. No, else, nothing else. No water, no food, just the Eucharist. Um, pretty brutal. I think that's the different intermittent fasting in the 1900s. <laughs> the different kind. Um, he had the ability to read hearts, gift of tongues, gift of conversions. And he even had like a, a floral fragrance from his wounds. So like a perfume like fragrance coming from the, from his stigmata and stuff like that. Really fascinating stuff. Um, it was said that he actually spent almost around 19 day hours each day celebrating mass, hearing confessions, and then, you know what I mean? Talking to the people and often didn't even sleep two hours a day. Really wild. And then, um, so in that period from 1924 to 1931, when he started getting really popular, that's when the Holy See was sort of denying, um, anything happening in his life due to divine cause. I mean, right. It's probably good to be sort of skeptical, Um, and that can be sort of an awkward tension there, but for a while they were kind of a little bit, I guess, scared or apprehensive of, of what that could mean. Um, for about three years, he was actually banned from holding any public masses or confessions. And, uh, that was from 1931, 1934. And then they're like, all right, tiger, get back in there. So then he's good after that. Um, he's actually known for opening a, a, a major hospital, 
um, called Home for the Relief of Suffering. There's an Italian name I'm not going to pronounce. Um, started out as a 300-bed facility. Now it has over 1,000, and it's like the most flourishing uh, hospital in the in, the, in Pietro Alcina. Um, and I guess it's sort of the a, a big phenomenon because it's supposed to be a very poor village in, in southern Italy, so it's a pretty big deal. Um, Shia actually mentioned it in his in his interview as well. And um, on September 23rd, when the T-shirts are dropping or have dropped, um, his feast day, that's when he died. And um, on June 16th, 2002, that's when JP2 made him a saint. So that's his bio. Any comments, guys? Yeah, I mean, Padre Pio, when you think about, you know, we, we, we obviously are fond of our, our brothers and sisters in Christ that are the communion of saints. But when you think of like modern day saints, which is why we, we felt called to kind of do this series, right? Like we're surrounded by some really amazing, holy examples of what it means to be a true Christian in this, in this modern world. And Padre Pio, Padre Pio easily comes to mind. And, you know, me being a Dominican and him being a Franciscan, um, I still have a, a great love and a, a fondness for him. I mean, if you just listen to what, he, what you said in the bio, like all of the things that God gifted him with, including the stigmata, right? Having the wounds of Christ, again, that's a, that's a, a burden in and of itself. Um, and I know he didn't want to be uh, glamorized for that. But then on top of bilocation, the ability to read hearts, you know, there's, there's stories, obviously, of, of him in the confessional. Um, and, and, you know, knowing that people weren't coming w- with full contriteness um, or even just the full, the idea to just confess sins completely. He, he was just a legit kind of fits the Italian mode too, right? Like kind of had, I don't know, ma- mafioso is probably the wrong word, but was, was a hard knocks kind of priest. So he, I don't know, to me, he's such an attractive saint because of everything God gifted him with. Um, but everything they stood for, the fact that he was obedient, right? That he was stripped of his faculty. So the inability to do the two things that priests love the most, which is, you know, offer mass publicly and then to offer confession. And so to be stripped of that because of the somewhat apprehension or suspicion, really, from church leaders at that time. And just to take that with grace, uh, I, I don't know, stood out as, as somebody who was just a, a man of virtue and a man of holiness. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because the gangster of Padre Pio is really why I wanted to make, um, you know, I'll speak a little bit about sort of like the T-shirt and the symbolism behind it. It's like, you know, especially today, we want to put everybody on a shirt, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and um, we would want to represent what in what kind of, you know, we talk about the rebellious side of the culture and, you know, all these kind of things of what people want to more or less represent, I guess, a gangster, essentially, right? And, like, I couldn't think of anyone better than Pio, uh, just how intense and, like, someone who fights a devil, someone who bears the wounds of Christ. I mean, there's nothing more gangster in, in the history of the world <laughs> than Padre Pio. St. Peter's, you know, them two are the most gangster saints that could have existed. And so <clears throat> I think it's just a major figure, and that's why it's kind of on a shirt, um, which is not like a – not trying to promote it or nothing like that. If you don't want to be gangster, it's on you, dude. Um, but – yeah, I mean, if you're cool with being soft, that's on you. Yeah, you know that's I mean? fine, dude. Whatever. <laughs> We're actually putting nails in our hands next week. So. <laughs> uh, what say you, County, about the bio so far, about Padre Pio? The thing that stood out to me was <clears throat> the fragrance that you said, that the scent of his wound, and how the saints have always said that there is a fragrance, fragrance of like a um, of flowers whenever Mary appeared to them. Whenever they had encounters with Mother Mary, 
And also we're, we often see the wounds of Christ. And obviously we're thinking of Christ's wounds on the, on the cross, but um, Christopher West talks about the unity cross yeah. and how it's a symbol of the new Adam and the new Eve. And that's, um, and the, the garden is her womb. And this is why she, um, she emits this fragrance because in her womb is the marriage between um, humanity and divinity. And so I, I, it was brought to mind to me because I think Mother Mary's probably in there somewhere. And of course she is, right? But you think of Padre Pio's life, we're thinking, oh my gosh, he imitated Christ so well. He imitated Christ. But he was also imitating Mother Mary in the receptivity to, like you said, to be obedient, to take on these these wounds with grace um, to the point that he also was a Marian figure by being so receptive and it was even emitted through fragrance. Like, it's just like, let, like these are signs for us, right? The masculine feminine genius that we're called to embrace in different aspects, of course, depending on your, um, your sex and whatnot. But I think it, it's still the call for us to be the beauty and to recognize the beauty in both. So I, that, that's what stood out to me. Yeah, I'll kind of keep. Oh, did you want to mess? No, go ahead. I'll, I'll keep going with the sigmata, and, and sort of the goal here is to sort of paint the picture of of what it was really like for him. So he had these visions that didn't just appear. It was really through this. I don't know how to even explain it. Just visions, prayer, all that kind of stuff. So as I said before, he was he was very sort of petrified by the idea that like he had these wounds. I think I think any of us would probably be like that. Just to, um, yeah, to clarify for your listener, somebody may not understand stigmata. So when we talk about the wounds of Christ, he he was bleeding from his hands. He had the, the wounds of Christ in his hands, right? And so you think about the five wounds in his hands, um, on his feet and then on his side. So that's why when Miko was referencing like those bandages, he was he would bleed from his hands. Um he because he had those the wounds of Christ. So when, Go ahead, Mika. and he also he also actually experienced the pain of the crown of thorns and the scourging. So he was really, yeah, he's really going through it. Um, so he actually had a vision of in which Christ appeared and pierced his side. So he actually had a vision of Christ coming and doing that. And um, and this is actually what's called a transverberation, which is a piercing of the heart, indicating the union of love with God. Pretty powerful stuff. So um, next, I'm going to read a little letter he wrote to another priest kind of describing the transverberation. He says, while I was hearing the boys' confessions on the evening of August 5th, I was suddenly terrorized by the sight of a celestial person who presented himself to my mind's eye. He had in his hand a sort of weapon, like a very long, sharp-pointed steel blade, which seemed to emit fire. At the very instant that I saw all this, I saw that person hurl the weapon into my soul with all his might. I cried out with difficulty and felt like I was dying. I asked the boys to leave because I felt ill and no longer had the strength to continue. This agony lasted interruptedly until the morning of the 7th. I cannot tell you how much I suffered during this period of anguish. Even my entrails were torn and ruptured by the weapon, and nothing was spared. From that day, I have been mortally wounded. I feel in the depths of my soul a wound that is always open, which causes me continual agony. How gnarly is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, how... How do you respond when you, you crack a letter open like that from your from your homie yeah, right, and your friend? I mean, when you think about the the just the holiness of this saint, and and again, these are kind of these these saints that stand out where it speaks to the I don't know the um, his his union with God because like literally God is giving you the, his wounds. He fills the crowning of thorns. He fills the scourging at the pillar. Um, 
you know, let's just be candid. I'm not there yet. Right. I've, I've watched the passion. Mm. I still cry. I still wince. I still turn away at times because, um, I, I, aspire to be that type of man that Christ was. And so for, for Padre Pio to be that witness and to experience that level of um, intimacy with Christ, man, just speaks to the the type of man he was and the type of disciple that he was, but recognize for, for the people out there, like that's not easy to take on. Like he, he literally took on the wounds of Christ. He took on the suffering and the pain, not only in his own heart and soul, but in his body. That's just, it's mind boggling to think that this is, this is a saint that walked around in the 20th century. Yeah. And before Kenny, I get your take, I'm going to read the rest of it to explain how you got the rest of the wounds. Um, and so this was an August, so August 5th through 7th, right? That's when he's having the sort of his side wound appear. This is on September 20th, that same year. So just a little bit later, um, he was engaged in prior in the choir loft in the church that he was at and the same being who appeared to him and have given him the transverberation and who was believed to be the wounded Christ, appeared again, and Padre Pio had another experience of religious ecstasy. When the ecstasy ended, Padre Pio had received the visible stigmata, the five wounds of Christ, and this time uh, it stayed with him for 50 years. So he, had, as I said before, he'd been kind of experiencing this pain for a few years already, but it wasn't visible until this moment in 1918. And then he has another, if that letter wasn't good enough, he, he's, he's writing to Father again, he's letting him know what happened this time. Uh, this, this, this letter is in October. He says, on the morning of the 20th of last month in the choir after I had celebrated Mass, I yielded to a drowsiness similar to a sweet sleep. I saw before me a mysterious person similar to the one I had seen on the evening of August 5th. The only difference was that his hands and feet inside were dripping blood. This sight terrified me, and what I felt at that moment is indescribable. I thought I should have died if the Lord had not intervened and strengthened my heart, which was about to burst out of my chest. The vision disappeared, and I became aware that my hands, feet inside were dripping blood. Imagine the agony I experience and continue to experience almost every day. The heart wound bleeds continually, especially from Thursday evening until Saturday. Dear Father, I am dying of pain because of the wounds and resulting embarrassment I feel deep in my soul. I am afraid I shall bleed to death if the Lord does not hear my heartfelt supplication to relieve me of this condition. Will Jesus, who is so good, grant me this grace? Will he at least free me from the embarrassment caused by these outward signs? I will raise my voice and will not stop imploring him until in his mercy he takes away not the wound or the pain, which is impossible since I wish to be inebriated with pain, these outward signs which cause me such embarrassment and unbearable humiliation. Hey, real quick before Keone comments, he was talking about the heart wound is, is painful, especially Thursday through Saturday. So for us as Catholics, as you kind of get a, an insight, we have what we call the, the um, detritium, which is the one liturgy across the three days, from the, the Last Supper, which would have happened on Holy Thursday through Holy Saturday, right? And we have the Easter Vigil. So every week, he lives the Passion <laughs> through those wounds. Every week, right? We Catholics complain about Easter coming once a year and we got Lent for 40 days. He lives the Passion, experiences the Passion every week. What say you, County? Just like... To me, what stood out is like, and I don't know if there's been like comments on this by theologians and whatnot, but especially the first experience, we talked about the piercing of the heart and it was a, like a spear, right? A fire or a blade of fire or what have you. To me, it sounds like, like purgation, like purgatory. He was like, he was going through it on earth, right? If like his, his heart was pierced with the fire, right? And it's like, I mean. I came to set the world on fire and I wish it was already blazing, right? Like I'm going to pierce your heart. Um, and what is the heart the symbol of? It was like the receptivity. 
It's like the openness. I'm giving you my heart, and he. It's gonna hurt though, Padre. Like you know, Pio, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna. It's. It's. You're gonna have to let go of things. You're gonna have to open yourself to me, and he just embraces it, and it. It's a pain, right? And there's no wonder he's a saint. I mean, the amount of of purification that he went through, and also how we, if we actually let it pierce our hearts, listening to this, and not just kind of like, oh, that's cool to know. That's a, that's an interesting saint, right? But actually, like. What what are the nuggets of 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 grace that is being emitted from his life that we can take and now incorporate, um, you know? And and what are our wounds that we that we need to offer God? Um, but yeah, just the the piercing of the heart was huge because it's like that's how God tries to reach each and every one of us in a certain way. He comes on this earth um, wanting to set our hearts on fire, but oftentimes we have walls. Right. And, um, or will, I know for me, and we talked about our, our past podcast about, you know, the relationship being a difficulty and how we can intellectualize all day long, but is he piercing our heart? Are we allowing him to pierce our heart? And oftentimes if we allow him to do that, it will hurt. It will be painful. I think this is a manifestation of it is when you allow that to happen spiritually speaking and often bodily too, this is just like a, maybe exaggerated, um, in his life just to really give us a sign, right? Bodily pain too. That's the path to sanctity, not because our body is bad, but it's an instrument of the invisible reality um, that I think God is trying to share with us. So I think it's it's so deep, it's so rich if we can like sit with it. Like this man allowed his heart to be pierced, his hands to be pierced, his feet to be pierced, so that he can, like you said, his heart can be in union with God, and that's what we all truly desire. Uh, and so the, I, I just that piercing of the heart has been something ever since I started listening to theology of the body has been huge for me. Like actually let it pierce your heart and not like, how can I describe this in a perfect way? How can I be able to debate this or defend this or, you know, put it on paper in a beautiful, no, how can you let it actually transform you? And I think for him, it was like this, this um, transformation in him of like, I'm going to take this on and regardless of the humiliation, I'm going to have to sit with this, right? And I think there's even a sense of maybe a purification, I don't know, um, for Padre Pio, and he didn't want the humiliation, right? But why was he humiliated? You know, it, what, what was that like? Was it disordered? Was it pure? I'm not sure. Just something to think about is that he wanted the pain, but there was humiliation. Well, why? Why was there humiliation there? And, and why did it last for 50 years afterwards? Was there a purification in how he saw the wounds and how he was embarrassed, right? There's something healing there for him. Um, to me, that's just fascinating. I don't know if there's obviously maybe we can look at some other commentary on it. People who knew him better, but uh, it's just interesting too, right? He had this fight between I want the pain, but I don't want the humiliation. But the humiliation is not because of the pain; it's because of how it looks. And so it's just kind of interesting what he went through internally to kind of embrace it in a different and maybe more complete way. But regardless, that's the path to sanctity. Like we're it's a living witness um, a hundred years ago. Right. So it, it was, it was huge, but I'll just kind of stress again, the piercing of the heart. That, that's huge. That's the, that's the journey right there. Yeah. I would say, um, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken to be inebriated, is like drunk, right? Yeah. I mean, you're... so, so let's listen to this psycho right here. <laughs> I wish to be inebriated with pain, dude. That's what I think about. Cause like, that's what the saints are. I mean, they're literally like, we would think that they're psycho at this point, you know, it's like, if I put, if I just start putting rocks in my shoes, when I was just walking, right? And then you see my feet bleeding through my shoes. What would you say? That guy's a psycho. 
Yeah. That's basically what that's basically what Pio is doing. I wish to be inebriated with pain. And then I sit there and I think about like how many times I get frustrated in a day. And it's like, dude, I'm such a lame. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, gosh, I had the I had the like, dignity and I don't even know just cojones of a six year old girl, which means none because they don't have cojones. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. But I mean, that, that one, I wish to be inebriated with pain because I think about, you know, the St. Therese says the little, the little way, right? The little things. Yeah. 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 And yeah. how many times we, I think even we said that, right? Like oh, cold showers or just little things of asceticism or whatever it may be. And it's like, Oh, how many opportunities, even though we say it all the time, personally, how many opportunities I have in a day to just offer half a sacrifice, dude, yeah. just, a, just a small one. And this guy wishes to be inebriated with pain. I mean, what an animal, man. And that's why we talk about this guy being gangster. Cause it's like, dude, we're in none of that. Yeah. We're absolutely none of that. You go watch Donnie Brasco or Goodfellas. Those guys aren't even close to this guy, man. It's, yeah, it uh, makes it's amazing. Looks, makes us look real soft, right? Real soft. Yeah. And, and so, I, I mean, I don't have anything as deep uh, as Keone says, you know what I mean? I was just a marketing major, so it's a little <laughs> bit harder for me. Um, but I, that just sticks with me because it's how, how many opportunities, like if we could just take anything, those opportunities, you know, where you just want to get ticked off so easily, it's like, that's just a little bit of pain to take on though. And if you can do that, if you can have your vantage point of your life be from the cross, that's when you unlock everything. Like we're talking about the path to sanity. That's what it is. It's just having your life at the vantage point of the cross. If we could sum it up in, you know, a, in one sentence. I don't have that, dude. My vantage point is, I don't even know, lilies and tampons or whatever else I got going on, <laughs> dude. Just not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of real vigor and, and conviction half the time, you know? I think when it, just going back to the, the, the comment, Keone, on humiliation and embarrassment, I, I'm not sure. We should probably like fact check this, but I think it's less about, I think it's the attention being drawn to him because he had the wounds of Christ. Like, you know, the saints don't want to be like at all known for it. They don't want the publicity. They don't want the, the, you know, um, they don't want the the outward signs. Yeah. The outward signs, right. It's more like, look, he just wants to, he, this is really him and God at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. now, but I also think the sacramentality, right? Like we are visible. Yeah. There's a reason why, you know, we continue to receive the body and blood. Yeah. through visible signs on our sacrament. There's a reason why we go to a priest for confession, like the visibleness, right, is, is huge, right, through the body. So yeah. for him to be a living witness, to be like, no, 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 I don't want I don't want to just purify you. I want to, and especially in this time, we're talking world wars, we're talking, you know, we're talking sexual revolution at the at the cusp. We're talking about moder- uh, modernism. We're talking about a lot of stuff going on at this time frame, communism. right? Yeah, he's like, communism. He's like everything, right? He's like, I want to use you and I need to use your body because that's what people are going to see, right? And, and so I'm just wondering, again, if it was something he was battling that maybe needed to be purified. And obviously his head was on for 50 years. So I think who knows if there was another letter or another, if I were to ask him at the very end, did he see it differently? And not because he wants attention, but it was an instrument of the invisible reality that you know of, of redemption right but it's a redemption of the body too so I, I was just i was just curious because um i think there's something beautiful in being a witness and it's not like look at me i'm levitating i'm jesus here on earth um in this new way but which i think of course you're wanting to be purged of that um so yeah i was just I was, it's just curious to me just to see like you know we can learn from that too no definitely to meditate on now as if if 
stigmata wasn't enough. I would have been. You know what I mean? We could have stopped right there, right? Like Francis already did that, loser. <laughs> <laughs> let's get something else going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. St. Catherine of Siena, she had, she had that one uh, nipped in the butt already. What you got going on? As if that wasn't enough, Padre Pio was also alleged to have fought spiritually and physically with the devil. Shia says in the, if you go to visit his room in the interview, there's actual like holes in the wall. Yeah. He's just throwing that one, too. <laughs> So you know the mafioso came out real in real time when when he faced the devil. So it's kind of similarly those incidents were described like what Saint John Vianney we hear of. You see the similarities between the two saints, right? The the cure of ours, um, who of course uh, Saint John Vianney also right uh, spent hours upon hours in the confessional, loved to do mass, obviously lived off the Eucharist, that kind of thing. But just kind of reading off the bio. During this, his period of spiritual suffering, his followers believed that Padre Pio was attacked by the devil, both physically and spiritually. His followers also believed that the devil used diabolical tricks in order to increase Padre Pio's torments. This included apparitions as an angel of the light and the alteration or destruction of letters to and from his spiritual directors. Pad- Padre Augustine confirmed this when he said the devil appeared as young girls that danced naked as a crucifix as a young friend of the monks as a spiritual father or as the provincial father as pope pius x a guardian angel as saint francis and our lady so it wasn't even enough that you're going through stigmata which again is the pains the wounds of christ and you've got everything that's going on that comes along with that right you got your bishop kind of suppressing your faculties now, you, now you're going to try to go to sleep, and you only sleep two hours a day. It's probably because you're fighting Satan every dang night, right? So here he is throwing blows, getting Donnie Brasco on, 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 on Satan. But then, I mean, the letters are getting destroyed or alterated from to and from the spiritual director. You don't know. You're, you, know you know, obviously, he, was, he had a devotion to the rosary. You got the, the devil appearing as Our Lady, St. Francis. Was it Saint Michael? Yeah, Pope, Pope, Pope Goat the Tent, a guardian angel, the crucifix. I mean, it's crazy too because you think about it, right? People can't recognize. It's hard enough to recognize Satan when it's just Satan. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. just like, "Hey, what's up? I'm Satan." I'm like, sure, you're Satan. You kind of look kind of good though. Yeah. And you know, think about things of like just abortion and that topic that <clears throat> seems to be sort of you know pretty pretty straightforward for a lot of christians and it's not you know there's a lot of christians who are fighting for women's rights and all that kind of stuff yeah. and so it's like when satan's pretty visibly there we're still like mm, i don't know though you know what i mean could not be and then imagine trying to just decipher is that really saint francis though or is that Saint? <laughs> like how do you how do you figure that out that's what i want to know what's saint francis saying you're just going like i don't, I don't know what he's doing <laughs> you know what i mean like what is he doing exactly that's like nah that's satan classic you know um, I mean, that's just that that blew me away because I'm thinking like to have the prudence and just to be able to like I'm hearing what he's saying, but something's not aligning. Right. Yeah. And and that's the real thing about you. I mean, um, and to having told what you guys will see soon, you guys are talking about discernment a lot. Yeah. Right. And yeah. think about discernment when there's so many things that are good. Right. And that's the thing with even how, uh, you know, a real life example of something that, you know, I try to use in my life is something like a shirt if I'm making uh, an item. Right. Um, our good friend Matt Trent's been asking me to do PPK stuff for about six years and I finally came out with it, you know, three years after. But it was like the prudence to say, I can make something good, but 
is there something deeper behind that? Am I called to it in a certain way? Does it reveal something deeper or is it just, I know that I can make some money and do it and you know what I mean? In mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. And that's not to take shots at anybody who's not doing that. I'm just saying though, that that prudence and that discernment to just say like, wow, there's something that's not, you know what I mean? Like Popeyes looks a little bit like he hasn't eaten in a few months or something. I don't know, whatever it was um, to be able to decide that and how, how, a, careful we should probably be you know what i mean in our everyday life because how easily satan could be tricked in behind every corner and appear as something good um yeah yes nuts count any thoughts on fighting with satan it's just i think i mean that's crazy obviously but the the point about how he appeared in things that were just like distorted receptive right and i think that is just like a it's shocking like oh as the blessed mother as Pope Pius X, as a guardian, uh, what is it, an angel of, the, of light? But like, that's what he does all day long. He, he just, yeah. just, I mean, I know Christopher, I keep quoting Christopher West because it's on my mind, in that he always says the devil doesn't have his own clay. He just distorts what has been good. So that's just like this big, like, oh my gosh, manifestation of what he does every single day. He takes the good and he distorts it and twists it and breaks it and then gives it back to you with like marketing it as the same good but it, it's not. And I think it's when you are, when you know who you were, you know who you are, mm-hmm. then you can see through that and be like, uh, uh-uh, that's not it. That's of the devil. And I think that just shows the relationship, the closeness, the union that you talked about when his heart was pierced, the union with God. He's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, I, I know who mother Mary is to, as much as we can here on earth. Right? I've prayed to Pope Pius, um, you know, with him or what have you. Right. There's this, there's this clarity that comes with, holiness like you see beauty and he was able to just mm -mm, i see right through it right so i I think that was just it's it's the same tricks it's just kind of magnified and i think everything's magnified with budget po and and it's why we can take we can take such we can as us i mean i want to be there but like we can take something right now i think some people who can be listening to RJP, it's like, oh my gosh, that's a crazy story. Uh, anyways, I'm going to try to work on uh, just not eating fast food every day. You know, like, it's like, what are you supposed to do with that? But like, there's little nuggets that like, you can start there. And I just, I just think it's mind blowing. And like, there's going to be times where the devil, and it might be abortion, whatever it is, he's going to present it to you as this good. And if you don't know what you're called to be, if you don't know the truth behind the matter, you will be deceived because he's the deceiver. Um, so we're, it's just, just opening our hearts, really learning from him where we are in our life, not trying to emulate um, him exactly. Because we, we may not be called to fight those demons or to bear those wounds, um, but we are called to fight demons and bear wounds. It just may not be his. Yeah, I mean, there's only one Padre Pio, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Most of us are just scared about the bo- boogeyman at night. <laughs> it's like, well, you fight Satan every time you enter your room? I mean... Man, oh man. So a couple, just kind of rounding this out, when we talk about the miracles, um, you know, we've talked about this, I think, before when we talk about other saints and, and the process to canonization. Obviously, Miko, you stated this at the beginning when you're talking about his bio, like, you know, the, the church is, is a little bit reluctant, right, to just follow suit like the crowds. And so we, we put things to the test. But, um, you know, going back to his bio, specifically around the miracles, it, it was saying in 1947, the then... Father Carol Wotiba, right, the, the soon-to-be JP2, um, Saint, uh, Pope St. John Paul II, uh, he was a young Polish priest who would later go on to become that to Pope, obviously. He visited Padre Pio, who heard his confession. So Padre Pio, Saint, 
here's the confession of JP to the goat saint. And, um, it was reported that what that, uh, obviously JP two, but father will at the time confided to, uh, one of his Cardinals that in this meeting with Padre Pio, Padre Pio told him that one day father Wotia would ascend to the highest post in the church. So, you know, here I am, you know, I've got, I can bilocate, read hearts. I got the stigmata. I'm it smells pretty singing. good too. Actually. Smells, you know, my blood, my blood smells good that I'm, you know, pouring out of all my five wounds. It smells like roses. I'm fighting with Satan every day. I'm trying to figure out crucifix, Satan, angel, Satan. Oh, by the way, hey, hey, hey JP2, you're going to be JP2 um, at, at some point in the church. So that's one of the, you know, that, that's obviously a, a miraculous moment. Um, he, uh, there's also uh, Bishop Wotia, when, when obviously Father Wotia was elevated to bishop, he asked Padre Pio in 1962 to pray for a doctor that was um, suffering from cancer. And then later, that doctor that he had him pray for um, was found, his cancer had, had, had found to be regressed. It was gone. And of course, the medical professional said, I don't know what happened. I can't explain that. It's a miracle. Right, of course, and of course, attributed to Padre Pio's prayers. Lastly, in the book, um, the 1999 book, Padre Pio, the Wonder Worker, um, there's a segment in there by an Irish, Irish priest, uh, Malachi Carroll. He describes a story of Gemma de Giorgi. She was a Sicilian girl, um, who uh, who she uh, her alleged blindness, um, some believe, was corrected during the visit uh, by the Capuchin priest. So fought for Padre Pio. Um, so she was brought to San Giovanni Rotondo in 1947 by her grandmother and she was born without pupils. And so when she obviously had this visit with Padre Pio, she regained her sight. She didn't, she didn't have pupils and she regained her sight. And of course the doctors are like, I don't know how you did that. Was handed right? Like, what's going on? Yeah, those doctors were idiots back then. <laughs> but you know, that's the funny thing is when we can't explain things through science. I love my science, right? It's like, oh, it's a miracle. So here she is. You got the two things: cancer gone, can't explain it. Intercessory prayers, encounter with with Padre Pio, no pupils. It's freaky, and you regain your sight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't even. That's a mic drop, man. I don't even know what to say. Cause it's just like, I, 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 I know we're born in this time for, for a reason, but man, those are like one of those people, like I want to fight to heaven. I want to fight to get to heaven. Like just so I can meet part of the and just see him chilling with a cigar with, with my know. shirt on. That'd be crazy. Yeah. yeah with the, with the, with the PPK Padre Pio shirt on <laughs> in the corner, uh, hanging with the rosary. Chilling. I guess we'll, I mean, I don't know if Kelly has anything to say, but we'll obviously the last thing, um, was just talking a little <laughs> bit about shy. Right. I mean, it's kind of a hot topic and it's already been done. I know, um, Joe, I forget his last name. He had a he had a video that blew up. I think um, he had spoken with us maybe at some point. Joe Beard, uh, I forget his name, man. There's a lot of Joes, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So I was trying to go tough. to the Metrola. Anyways, <laughs> you guys probably know what I'm talking about. If you watch the video, he did it. He did a video already that got some traction. Um, you know, Matt Frad, I'm sure, has commented on it. But I'll say that I think one of the things that I've been learning and reflecting on a lot is how powerful lives of saints can be. And I think one of the reasons why we bring the modern saint series is to, to help you guys realize that it's possible for all of us, you know, and these people didn't live that much longer. Sure. They had different struggles and temptations. Every generation does, but 
um, to know that like it's tangible, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Padre P was walking there. There's millions of pictures of him. Um, there's a really cool shirt. You could buy two of them that just came out recently. And, um, I think that's the most powerful thing. I've been reading this book by Jock Fesh who maybe we'll do eventually. Um, and he, I was reading the letters of sort of, he was, uh, sentenced to, to death in his letters during his conversion to one of his, um, uh, seminarian friends and, it's just how powerful a saint could be, right? And Shia has been through, you know, everything that you could. I don't know if any of you guys have watched Honey Boy, but, um, you know, someone who grew up in a crazy situation, as I'm sure every child actor basically has borderline abusive parents if you put them in child acting at that point. Um, and just the things that guys went through and rehab and this and that. And obviously, like, only a figure like Pio could really bring him out of that, you know, reading that story, getting to the, the Latin mass, which we're all really excited about. Um, and, and, uh, just how important the role of a saint can be. And then also this one last quick thing too, was I loved what he had said about Latin mass feeling like you're being let in on a secret. Yeah. Cause I couldn't have summed it up better myself. And I think that's why Catholicism is so appealing to people. And I think even something like Islam, right? It feels like something that's a little bit mysterious. And I think when you have such tradition and history in, into it, I'm not talking about Islam anymore, so I just want to make sure we're clear about that. <laughs> you have so much uh, mystery and, and just beauty and depth, and it feels like you're being let in on something. And that, this is not, I'm not trying to do a, uh, you know, grandma's Novus Ordo comparison right now. I don't, I don't feel the need to do that. But I'm just saying, like, that's when things are beautiful. And, you know, you're talking about Christopher West and T.O.B. And, you know, us guys are attracted to, we're attracted to, uh, you know, that little secret, it's, it's the chase for us a lot of times, you know, not to make this now a whole different episode, <laughs> but you know, um, uh, Tupac once said, I don't, you know, want to sound sleazy, but tease me. I don't know if that's easy. You know, if it's that easy, uh, which basically what he's trying to say is I want a little mystery, man. I want to be let in on a secret, right? I'm not saying that's the best thing today, but that's just uh, where my mind goes. Um, but I think that was so good and, and something to just sort of like ponder on a little bit, like the, the mystery of our faith and, and of Christ and him being on a cross and just the, the paradox of everything, you know, of, of dying to live and all these things. It's like that secret is so important. And I think that's what we should all strive. And I think, you know, talking about whether it's modesty, anything like that secrecy, that mystery is, um, is vital. I don't know. It's such a, it doesn't seem like it's talked about that much, you know, but it was pretty profound for me at least. Yeah. And we're referring to just so you know, maybe we can put the link on, um, yeah. The Bishop Barron uh, interview with, with Shia about the movie and, of course, his conversion to Catholicism with a, a heavy emphasis on the Trinity Mass. Keone, what's your uh, you know thoughts on Shia, this conversion? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just think of, just I'll wrap it up, and like Jesus, when he was first you know gathering his, his troops, his apostles, he asked, what is it that you seek? What is it you want? What are you searching for? Right, and I think um, when you think about Shia, it's like it's it's been it was God asking him this all day long, right? His whole life, what is it that you seek? What are you searching for? But he never lost the search. He may have found, you know, pretty pretty uh, maybe not the best avenues to satiate that search in some way throughout his life, but he never stopped the search. And I believe it was Saint Augustine who said something in the nature of, "It's better to be lost in your passions than to lose your passions entirely." And because it's that hunger that Silla, God like wants to, he wants that ache, right? And I think if we, if we suppress the ache, if we ignore the ache, we have it's not there, 
well, then the devil's won, right? Because now he knows for sure that we can't find if we're not even searching. And I just see, like, for for Shia, the way he was, like, he really was, like, mystified by what he found. Like, you watch him in that interview. It's like, like you said, he was let in on a secret. It's like, oh, my gosh, this whole time? I was living my life, and it's, it's here? And I think, like, we have that ability, and we talked back to Padre Pio, the piercing of the heart. We have that in our hands but how much of us as catholics just kind of go through the motions just check the box and I, and I think in a special way i think the latin mass does like show that right it's the priest literally his backs to us like come on look at this great mystery here instead of like different temptation for them when the priest is is facing us right like he said i don't want to be sold something it's like the sales pitch he has to he has to be funny he has to throw a joke in he has to you know it, it's it's i think it's more apparent in the latin mass for sure uh, at least for me but again, it's that it's that searching, and you see how Shia like not only did he learn all this stuff while preparing for the movie, but he actually let it like penetrate. And what happens on the other side of that when you're allowed and you allow yourself to be penetrated is such a beautiful thing. And so I think he is probably gonna he probably already has, but he's gonna he's gonna speak to a lot of people, um, I think us included, in like keeping that search alive even when we feel like we have it. Right, we go to mass. Right, we know some stuff, but to keep that search alive, and we'll continue to find. Yeah, a couple of things because I think the other aspect about that interview that I think was profound was, you know, he talks about how his ego led him to to mm-hmm. conversion to Christ, and I think um, you can say that about Saint Paul. You can say that about Saint Ignatius of Loyola. Um, uh, shoot, I can I can say that about myself. Um, but there was a part where it felt like nobody was using him for, he wasn't objectified when he went into that community. Nobody wanted to take a picture with them. Nobody wanted his autograph. Nobody wanted any special favors. And so you see the life of, of an actor or a celebrity where they're constantly doubting authentic and sincere friendships, right? Because there's people always trying to suck the life out of you. Just, it's just, it's a life sucking uh, culture. So there was that piece to it, and I think the other the other aspect you guys both commented on the, the letting in on a mystery, a secret, this not selling, and we feel like we're always trying to sell, right? We're trying to look like everybody else, and we we've, we've had numerous conversations on that. But the the one thing, and, and Kenny might have recalled this since we keep quoting, you know, Christopher West and T.O.B., but he was quoting Dr. Peter Kraft when he said, "The devil not only wants to stop the finding, he wants to stop the seeking." And and. He doesn't want us to find Christ and he definitely doesn't want to see Christ. And I think, you know, uh, I think we're all tempted. I know I'm tempted when we see some of these people, whether it be Kanye or Shia or, you know, I have my own opinions about whether it be um, the Mario Lopez's out there of the world or the Mark Wahlberg's, uh, you know, who who are celebrity Catholics. I start to question. Right. I start to question um, because of the I don't know whether it be the orthodoxy or just the fidelity to the, the truths of the church and the teachings. However, in somebody like Ashaya, you know, you just hope and pray because he's found the great treasure, the great pearl of, of, of worth everything in your life. You don't want him to lose it because the devil's going to disrupt and disquiet his soul, which, you know, is already wounded. And so you just pray, you know, pray for a guy like him. You pray that those that are out there, including ourselves, as we've talked about, Keone talked about that, where we, we know of God, but do we really know God? Do we know God like Pio knows God, knows God now? Like he sees God, he's with God, he praises God, he, he, he intercedes on our behalf. So anyway, I just, I felt like that was a, a couple of things to, to speak about that. So continue to pray for the conversion of Shia and all those that are uh, 
perhaps being prompted to seek and that we may continue to seek every single day. Make last parting words. Yeah, my last parting words is there's there's a, there's a few figures that P.O. didn't appear. At. I mean, that uh, Satan didn't appear as the P.O. And it was these PPK guys. Um, yeah. And for some reason, you guys still aren't uh, liking and subscribing and stuff. So uh, don't worry, we're not Satan. I don't know. Maybe that was kind of, you know what I mean, a thing for you guys. You guys are just being prudent. So uh, good job on your part. Um, and then if anyone knows Shia, let him know I got a shirt for him, whatever size he needs. Uh, I'll send that his way. Um, yeah, because that'd be nice. That'd yeah. be nice. Not to use them, of course, but just because I made a shirt and it kind of has to do something with them. Maybe he likes it. Maybe we'll check this out. I don't know. Yeah, so we want to make sure you guys continue to like, subscribe, comment, um, share. Uh, continue to let us know what you want, right? I mean, what are, what are the saints you want us to kind of highlight? Yeah. Um, we're, you know, we're trying to, to bring to you um, the different family members of, of, of our Catholic faith and church. So we appreciate all that you're doing. Uh, you know, if... If anything, right, strive for holiness, strive for saying because you know how we do it on PBK. Get holy or die trying. God's peace. <laughs>